If you're one of those people that has always struggled with meditation or just haven't had the time or really find the value in it, this podcast is for you. Karen Salzman is an amazing person. We really talked about meditation. She's a best-selling author and longevity research geek. She sold over 2 million copies of her books internationally, really an established person in the field of meditation and mindfulness. And she started her marketing career. We talked about you know, what she did in the past, how she got into all of this, how she got into yoga, meditation, all that good stuff. She's been featured in the New York Times, Business Week, the Chicago Tribune, the LA Times all that good stuff. Karen's just an amazing person. You guys are really going to love this podcast. We broke down a lot of very simple tricks that you can use on a daily basis to incorporate more mindfulness into your life, to incorporate more happiness, right? Just to be a happy person. We all want that. We got so clear about how to really do this, how to create a practice, right? Well, that's where me and her really got deep. And you guys, if you want to learn more, you can always check out her books. You can always find all of this information on the Infinite Cup podcast on iTunes, all right? If you just leave a review, you go over there, leave a review for the show, take two minutes of your time. That would be awesome. It really helps the ratings of the show go up. Thank you guys for just supporting everything that I do here. I really appreciate all of your support, whether you're purchasing my book on Amazon, you're using the discount links on the affiliate store. I got so many goodies for you guys on the infinitecup.com. My coaching sessions are available to you. And if you'd like, you can take the extra step and if you're serious you can join the members only inner circle group once a month we do a lot of live training we can do like a Q&A live style where you ask me questions it's a really good way to get all the advanced content all right so this is it guys meditation two minute mindfulness techniques to bring more happiness into your life and without any further ado here is Karen and I talking about meditation well welcome to the show welcome to the infinite cup I'm excited to have you Karen this is uh, you know, an honor and a blessing just to connect with you. And yeah, just start with a little introduction about yourself and uh, how, you know, how get to listen, you know, all the listeners about how, you know, you got into the lifestyle and everything. We'll talk about your book. We'll talk about all that stuff towards the end. And I just, yeah, ex- excited to be here. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Um, so I sort of had a zigzagging journey to where I am now. I started off in advertising and I rose up quickly, but I was like really miserable. I hated it. It was so much politics. Mm-hmm. I used to joke that I could like drink a glass of water and it would spurt out the knife holes in my back. But, <laughs> oh my God, politics was so great. And so I kept threatening to quit and then chickening out and then threat- and then finally I, I just quit when I was in my, I guess, late 20s, I think late 20s, early 30s, something like that. And my goal was to write a book. I wanted to use my creativity for good, not evil. You know, I wanted to influence people to think in new ways, not buy new toothpaste. Yeah, yeah. Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> so my first book was a novel, and I managed to sell that to St. Martin's Press, and then it got optioned, right? Yeah. Awesome. I so awesome. Yeah. Excellent. And yay. And, um, and then I sold it to Miramax to be a movie star, the actress, Marissa Tomei. Um, didn't get made into a movie, wrote the screenplay, but then they hired me to do TV show ideas, and then I was writing TV show ideas for different networks. And, and, then, um, and then I just kept wanting to go back to books. I just always loved books. Um, I still do. I know, like, now books have, like, 
Kindle and audio, but I still will always love like opening a book. There's something about it. Right? Mm -hmm. I know. I hear you. I'm in the same way. You do too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then that's sort of like what I, I do books now. I also do videos. I do video courses, um, which I, I love doing those too because it's like talking to people one-on-one. -on -one. But even though the person isn't there, it's like at least I get like the way we are. And, yeah, totally. You know, so I love the video courses too. And, um, and that's kind of what I do now, books and video courses. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great segue and everything. It totally makes sense. Cause a lot, yeah, you're right. A lot of the, um, you know, technical digital age that we, you know, we live in now. And, um, I feel like as we get more into that, you know, books and just using our hands and those simple things are going to be valued as you know, time goes forward. So I totally resonate with that. And I'm right there with you. Um, as far as just reading and just, I think about, you know, my first child, I just had my son born a few months ago and uh, my nieces and nephews, I just think about the little ones, right? And what they're growing up with, like in screens and things that are more artificial compared to just something more tangible that's an experience they can use with their hands, like book and reading. So, yeah. 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 So, yeah, let's talk about just your latest book and how, um, you know, what, what that has to entail and a little bit more about these courses. I'm just curious because I agree as far as the, you know, I make YouTube videos and I just think um, a lot of, uh, people need that visual, you know, guidance as well. So I try to find that balance between both um, for as far as people that just want, you know, like literature and books, but then also offering something in video format. So that's good that you're, you know, doing both as well. Yeah. Well, I realized I gave you such a cliff note speedy thing about what I do that I forgot to mention that somewhere in between, I went from writing uh, like a novel to writing um I, I always love psychology and Buddhism and research. I'm kind of a research geek, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I write these books that they're psychological and they help you, but they have visuals in it. So I've always loved visuals. And, cool. right? So my books are, um, I call them self-help for people who wouldn't be caught dead doing self-help because I make it fun and style, hopefully stylish. And, um, yeah. And so my books have these visuals in it. And I also, research says that people learn better when, when there is, when there are visuals. Yeah. Like that's why flashcards, you know, sure. they help you to learn. And the more neurons you have firing, you've got the visual neurons and, you know, just people link it better. Yeah. And so I always have visuals in my books. And, um, and I've done a bunch on happiness. I have a book, How to Be Happy, Damn It. I have um, another book. The Life is Long book, which is longevity uh, tools. And then my newest one uh, is Instant Calm, which has meditations in it, little two-minute ones. Perfect. So these days, nobody, everybody's like, I don't have time to meditate. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. No, that's a good segue because I, uh, I find the same exact excuse with everybody that, um, you know, ask me about meditation or just curious about the, you know, yoga techniques or anything. Um, it's always that quick fix that people are looking for that recipe or, you know, that kind of shortcut route. And it's just, that really doesn't work sustainably, right? It doesn't really work long term, And we all have to kind of put in that daily practice and, you know, mm -hmm meditation is obviously a part of that daily practice for me. And I, I mean, I recommend that for everybody. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I'm curious just what, um, let's go just uh, what specific techniques a little bit. Maybe we can give our listeners just a little, um, thing. I, I agree with you on the visualizations too. And I, I'm sure your meditations kind of go hand in hand with a couple of those because, um, we're not, 
using the imagination, right? A lot of people um, just don't have that activated within themselves. They're just living the programmed life. And I feel like the imagination is that missing link to, you know, getting the most out of these visualization techniques. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I wanted to do, I, I've always loved meditation and a bunch of years ago, um, one of my courses is actually stress eating. It's to not stress eat, not to eat. Yeah. <laughs> but um, and and so I've always like had something, something anxiety in my life, and I used to manage it with food. That was kind of my way to distract and numb and self medicate. And then I removed that, but I still had some residual anxiety. Yeah. And, so I started to meditate to help myself, and, and then I wanted to deepen my meditation practice, so I studied to be a meditation teacher and a yoga teacher here in New York City. Awesome. And I, while I was doing it, I remember I was, um, my, son, my son was very young at the time, and I was trying to teach him to meditate, and because he has a lot of energy, and I, I remember one day I was saying to him, I go, breathe, just breathe. And he said, Mom, every time you tell me to breathe, that just makes me more anxious because I kind of don't know what that means. Yeah. And then I don't know if I'm doing it right, you know. And, mm-hmm. and then I thought, you know what, his complaint is actually That's even perfect. Adult, it's an adult's complaint too. A lot of adults are like, well, I don't know how to meditate. I don't know how to mm-hmm. do this right. Mm-hmm. So what I did for him then kind of if you follow the connect all the dots that's how i came to the book so i'll connect one dot yeah. and then i'll connect a lot of dots so my first dot that i'll tell you in my story is i thought okay well how do you explain meditation and teach meditation to a young child so this became a kind of an interesting uh thing for me and so what i did was i went out and i got him a pinwheel a spider-man pinwheel because at the time he was really into spider-man and, um, and I said, low into the, the pinwheel for um, four seconds and then breathe in and then four out, four in, four seconds out, four seconds. And then your goal is to make the pinwheel spin, right? Mm-hmm. So this was extremely helpful because it taught him breath work, but it also stopped his busy chattering monkey mind because it got him to think on the fun goal, it gamified it, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe that if you just tell somebody, stop obsessing over that, right? Stop, stop thinking about that negative thing. You can't just stop a thought. You have to do what I call a stop and swap. Mm, I like so, that. Mm-hmm. For example, I have a dog, mm-hmm. Fluffy, who's down there somewhere right next to me. And if I wanted to have Fluffy stop chewing on, say, my slippers, um, I wouldn't just like, if I took away the slippers, then he could chew on my sneakers. Like what I have to do is give him something good to chew on. Here, chew on the bone, chew on the bone. Well, your brain is like that. You have to say, okay, don't chew on that negative thought, chew on this. So when I was telling my son to blow into the pinwheel, I was telling, like basically, I was training him not to think the negative thought and to think about the pinwheel. I stop and swap. And we adults have to do that too. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. No, that's beautiful. I love those analogies. I use a lot myself. And um, I find that a lot too with, with affirmations, right? Um, we can talk about that a little bit because um, a lot of people, I think, listening to uh, that are just getting into affirmations or just getting into meditation. Um, it's I love when you say the swap part because a lot of people still use like negative words, you know, like for example, like if you want to quit cigarettes, right? It's like, I want to quit smoking. I want to quit smoking. I want, like you're still putting this negative, you know, condensation on something that uh, this goal or intention that you're trying to achieve so you could replace that or swap it as you would say with like you know my lungs are fresh and clean my lungs are fresh and clean right doesn't that feel different you see what I mean it's just such an expansive like you know great feeling and that's what I mean as far as um just using something uplifting and I couldn't agree with you more as far as just how that you know monkey brain just chatters and chatters and we really need to swap it out with something and it's pretty much impossible to stop it and it's just a matter of you know shifting that energy that to something positive where you can direct it to pinwheel idea is awesome especially for kids wow I think that tool is great because you know they need that connection visually in order to see you know have that body awareness into the lungs so that's just a great idea and you know once that rhythm that rhythm you know of the breathing comes in it's just you know the body takes over and calms down for meditation because then you can take the pinwheel away Mm -hmm. and say remember what you were doing with your breath work yeah yeah i love that the little training wheels and then it teaches them about breath work yeah and what an organic you know story as far as teaching you to teach other your son teaching you how to teach others to meditate yes well then it became almost like like a challenge like oh well okay how many others of these can i do with my son and making them short making them short because you know i and what goes for a young child goes for adults too we're kind of no better like oh yeah we can we can make it ridiculously easy to do mm-hmm. then remove the excuses like yeah. meditate for for two minutes like really yeah. anybody can find two minutes in their day it's easy to say it's easy to be a saint for two minutes mm-hmm. than a saint for like an hour or 30 minutes <laughs> and, yeah. and some people are thinking well meditation i'm gonna have to do that for 30 minutes and then if you're if you're not good at it for 30 minutes then you go, oh, I suck at meditation. Then you don't try again. Yep, you know, so if you do it just for these little two minutes, and you know what? It's better to have two minutes of, of peace in your brain than mm-hmm. I agree. And I always tell people it's just the consistency. Like that two yeah. minutes every single day is way yeah. better than that 30 minutes like once a week, you know. That consistency over time is what, you know, reprograms the body and the awareness where it's just taken over. Like when I wake up in the morning, my body just knows what to do. There's not, you know, there's no appetite. There's no nothing because my body's just ready to meditate rather than jumping up and going straight to the coffee or whatever, you know, thing that is usually habitual. You know what I mean? Those programs, those are, those are usually like the senses taking over you instead of you being the commander, you know, of your own body and senses. So that's to me the power of meditation and what it can do, you know, to transform our lives because this is our God-given ability to, you know, create that peace within ourselves, like in our own being. And a lot of people are simply, you know, lost as far as how to do that. So therefore, you know, meditation, you know, comes into play right there. So I try to simplify it. Like all of the tools in the book, I mean, I haven't given them all to my son, but I mean, I could say that they're so easy, you know, an eight-year-old could do them, you know, on some level. Yeah. I'll give you another one because also because I know all of the excuses, not only from my son, but from myself 
Yeah. You know, it's like I know, like, oh, I don't have time to meditate. I know what I tell me. Yeah. So um, I have one that's a shower power meditation that's um, so, like, no excuse-free because you kind of take a shower all the time, you know. Yeah. So um, if, if you shower in the morning, it's a great way to start the day, even at night. But um, it, you multitask in this meditation. So this is a touch meditation. Each of the meditations in my book are based on your five different senses, and I can get into that too. You know, sight, sound, taste, smell, touch. And this one's a touch meditation. It's G-rated, and it's a shower med power meditation. So you get into the shower, and the first thing you do, you, you become aware of touch. You become aware of what's the water pressure. And like even be aware of sometimes water pressure kind of shifts. First you just figure out like, okay, is it strong? Oh, it's kind of shifting. So you just be aware of the touch aspect. Then the temperature, hot, cold, does that keep changing? Just like think about that, refocusing your mind on this. Then body wash, okay? So now you're be aware of the softness or a loofah um, pad, like the scratchiness. And then this is my favorite part, is you envision your worries washing off of you and down the drain and then when you look down at the drain you're like you know bye bye worries bye bye fears bye bye all that negativity and you just kind of you know when i was a kid they had that song you know i'm gonna wash that man right out of my hair i don't know mm -hmm. <laughs> but um it's sort of like that you kind of envision washing all of it and it's such an easy practice to do that's great you step out of the shower and like you left it behind. Left I love it. that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously water is naturally cleansing and everything. And it's, uh, it's just bringing that ritual back, bringing that awareness back. Right. Cause yeah. I feel like a lot of people, um, you know, our ancestors used to do that probably every day. Right. And then yeah. now we just live such busy lives that something, you know, as simple as an awareness in the shower, like we can bring the point I'm trying to get to here is we can bring awareness into every aspect yeah. of our lives. It's mindfulness. Mindfulness. Like there's a fine yes. line between mindfulness and meditation, you know, like a truly mindful. That's how some people say, which is I think confusing to some people that you could be in meditation all day, which is like, what? But you can be mindful for a lot of your day. And, and I also believe that we do accidental sensory meditations, and yes. you know what, you know where I'm going with this. Oh, definitely, definitely, and it's a, um, a thing. That, um, thank you for bringing that up too, because I think when people you know hear the word meditation, they automatically think some like Zen, like mudra thing, close the eyes, you know. And it, sure, that's available and it's wonderful. It's just there are so many other things that are you know around. So um, yeah, and it doesn't have to be like yeah. even, you know like temple or something. You know what I mean? Like no. you're just a shower no. meditation. Like everybody no. has access yeah. to this. You know? Yeah. So, like, some quick examples even of sensory meditations are um, you're at the beach, right? And you're staring at the ocean. That's the sight meditation. Or you're listening to the sound of the ocean. That's it. If you really get lost in it, then you're in meditation. Or bakeries, right? Sure. You walk, yeah. you walk in and you're like, oh, I smell that bread. That smells so good. Mm -hmm. But all your senses are now, it's one-pointed meditation, one-pointed focus on yeah. that. Okay. And that's why you might feel relaxed even um, when you're just like, ah, oh. I, you know, I even think um, coffee, which has caffeine in it, can ironically sometimes 
quote unquote, relax me because when I'm taking the break, right, there's more break in my coffee break than coffee sometimes. I just <laughs> need the break. I just need the break. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm tasting the It's like a taste meditation on some level, you know, or feeling the heat of it. And like the more you're mindful, you use all of your, and the more senses you use, you know, I even think art can relax us. If you're just like really looking at a gorgeous painting, mm -hmm. you're kind of doing an accidental sight meditation. Yes. That's why the beauty of looking at art yeah. and can relax. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And I would challenge people listening and everybody. It's just like, you know, for me, this is like at the top of my agenda as far as so, uh, putting myself in places uh, like in nature or you know art galleries like you're talking about or just places that leave you in that awe right in that yeah. inspiring moment that's to me that, those are um, you know you can't make it happen it's just all you can do is go to where you know you're drawn to and then all of a sudden you get to that cliff edge and you're looking over the ocean and it's just like literally your breath is taken away from you just like ah and everything yeah. goes away, right? Everything and it's, goes away. It's, like, it's, just, it's a one-pointed focus. Yes. Looking at gorgeous flowers going through a flower. You're, I mean, there's a logic to yes. this beautiful thing where you're walking, you know, you go for a walk in the woods. A hike relaxes you, not just because of the physical exertion of the hike, yeah. but the sounds of nature. And, and, and the more you're immersed in it, you allow yourself to just sort of let all your senses, the more relaxing it is. So it's logic. It's logic yes. to that. It is, and it's cool to see um, like science kind of backing this stuff up now. I saw a recent article; it was called "Forest Bathing," and they use that term, right? And similar, like you can. I mean, I would, it's in my book. Forest bathing is in my oh, book. Oh, perfect! Yeah, see, and that's yeah. something. Well, that term I just was, uh, you know, I haven't yeah. heard before. So, like for me, hiking, I guess, is what I would call forest bathing. You know, similar yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, right? But I'm just saying that term is, you know, I guess you could call it more scientific because now there's like clinical results. There's like proven results, right? It's not well, just it's this. It's not way. like, yeah, it's yeah. just dippy dippy mumbo jumbo. They've yeah. got MRIs of the brain. Yes, exactly. Yeah, nature sounds particular. Yeah, like. exactly. And I, I geek out on it too, as far as just the negative ions. That's really what it is for oh. people that really want to, you know, understand. Yeah, earthing, earthing. Exactly. When you're barefoot on the ground. Yes. Which is slightly different than forest bathing. Forest bathing is more like immersing yourself in the sounds of nature. Yes. Um, earthing is like really like you just started to say with the ions and the energy from the earth and your your feet and it's fascinating they have it backed by science so it's not just like gee that feels good when i walk barefoot exactly you're actually doing something with your energy with the earth it's fascinating i love and that that's, i love it too because it's just far as like incorporating these things into your everyday life right it's like because a lot of the thing it just comes back to balance you know it's not a matter of like quitting your job or whatever it's right. just a matter of incorporating you know, a two-minute meditation into your shower, and maybe you take off your shoes on your lunch break and walk out into that little you know patch of grass wherever you can get to, and stuff like that really adds up over time. So, it's yeah. you know I love just kind of demystifying a lot of this stuff because yeah. it's stuff that I've been doing for a long time. But as I get you know, like I said, the forest bathing term and stuff, I just hear all these new words and new things where it's just like, wow, 
that really makes sense. Yeah, obviously, when you go camping, you just sleep a lot better. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder why. You know? yeah. And you could sit and talk about negative ions and all these things, or you can just you know understand and just accept that peace and you know goodness that you feel when you're doing those things, and just go with that. So, like I said, for me, it's very easy because I kind of prioritize my life around that, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people um, just need to you know listen to people like you and read your books and just understand that this is you know needs to become a little bit higher on their priority as far as incorporating these tools in order to be happy right right well i think that people i like your word demystify like people might be like well i don't really understand it or does that stuff really work and you know so and making it simple making it doable and and then backing it my my books i'm a little bit of a research geek and my books have um a lot of research studies in them because I myself want to back it with research. Like I myself need to convince myself if I'm going to take the time to do this, yeah. does it really work? So I love finding the research that says, yes, it does really work. Well, it is. I would say yoga is a science. It's something yeah. that is, you know, scientifically proven. And, uh, you know, as the age, you know, as time goes on, we are slowly proving these things and just using words. You know, we can talk about quantum physics and different things. It's just the vocabulary is changing. What, you know, the, the physical thing that you're doing, right? It's like people have been walking barefoot on the earth for forever. <laughs> forever right? It's nothing new here. The only thing is now we have these uh, you know, words like earthing and, and talking about the mats and all these things that are, those are just new in the spectrum of what's going on. So mm-hmm. like I said earlier, it's just how can you, uh, you know, incorporate those into your everyday life so you can ease because, you know, those positive ions are cu- accumulating every single day through technology, mm-hmm. through, you know, what we do and I mean, everyone's got a phone on their pocket or whatever type of thing. So I'm just saying all that stuff is our new norm. Like our nervous systems are overstimulated. And I'm just saying we need meditation more than ever. We need these. I completely agree. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Because our minds are, there's barely silence in our day. You know, you walk down the street, you have the little earbuds on, you know, everybody's always talking. There's used to be able to walk down the street and then that's where your thoughts came in. You know, now there's, there's not much silence. And so we need that. I agree 100%. And I would say that's where, you know, the intuition becomes activated. And a lot of people um, just don't have that, you know, intuitive voice, you know, going on. It's just whatever programming or whatever somebody told them to do. And that's, that's really, um, you know, a result of a lot of their unhappiness. So for me, you know, when I discovered meditation, got into this, that's, you know, that clarity and that voice, that intuitive voice just gets brighter and I feel happier and everything. It's, it's endless, right? It's something that is very expansive. So that mm-hmm. two minutes, you know, easily turns into 20 and then 40. I mean, I'm just saying for people listening, it's something that uh, you just get over that hump as far as, you know, those blocks in your mind, right? Because you're mm-hmm. sitting there or you're walking or whatever style you're doing and you're, you're there's always going to be that monkey brain that's like, dude, what are you doing in the shower right now? Why are you, why are you talking about this? You know, it's like <laughs> to understand that that's always you know, going to be there and that will pass too. So mm-hmm. I just yeah. want to say that because I went through those hurdles and it took me, honestly, I would say at least a good two years of like this, you know, spotty meditation practice and just mm-hmm. you know, getting some results maybe once you know, here or there, but you know, to incorporate a daily practice and have that consistency, that's really where I started experiencing the benefits. 
So you meditate in the morning, is that your time? Yeah, morning, mostly in time. Um, it's slowly turned into, uh, you know, where I can fit it into with my uh, little infant baby baby boy. Um, and so it's turned into, I would say, more of a mindfulness practice as well, because mm -hmm. um, I, I really just am a fan of using um, your, whatever you have as your vehicle for mindfulness, right? So um, a lot of people just basically have excuses like their job or whatever. So you could meditate at your job. You could meditate, you know, while I'm just saying there's always a way that you can do it. You just have to you know, kind of customize it to your needs. And I, I have, I have in the book, like I have in the book things that you could do for two minute sound meditations, test med taste meditations that actually might require something like an essential oil or um, there are things that you could do anytime, anywhere. Like a simple sound meditation you could do is just listen to the sounds. See how many you can, if you close your eyes and just pluck out, like right now I can hear the air conditioning or I can hear if I get really quiet, I can hear my son in the other room or whatever. So just if you make that, again, it sort of gamifies it, right? Yes. You become aware of it. Um, but I'm also a fan of essential oils. Um, oh, yeah. And I talk about that in the book. I use those a lot. Um, and based in science, uh, here in New York, there was a hospital that um, they had these MRI machines, and people used to complain before they went into the MRI machines about how nervous it made them because it's kind of claustrophobic in there. Yeah. So here's a hospital, right, with doctors. They're like, okay, how do we get people to relax? And then somebody was like, let's try vanilla essential oil. So they, they actually tested five different essential oils. But then they, they found that the vanilla did the best. And now they regularly just, they ask permission first in case somebody doesn't like it, you know. Mm -hmm. And they just filter in the vanilla essential oil and they found that people are much more relaxed in the MRI. And I'm a big fan of the vanilla, so I use that sometimes. Um, you put a little, you can put a little on your wrist, you know, and you can put, obviously there's candles. You can also, because I like books, you can also put some on like a little paper bookmark. And, and then when you're reading your book, it kind of infuses your book. So you get like your book becomes part of that. So there's all different ways to create scent into your life. I agree. I love diff, uh, just the diffusers too. Just, you know, putting it in your environment as much as you can. Yeah. yeah. Anything to shift because that's really a good way to bring you back into the moment and bring you back into that you know, mindfulness Definitely. state. Definitely. Yeah. I have one. I have one that I, I usually... I, I try this one because it's an attention getter. Um, but the book has so many of them. And I have everything in there from beginners to advanced meditations, blah, blah, blah. But this one, this one sort of brings people into the meditation realm because based on chocolate. Okay? Oh, okay. Yeah, let's hear more. <laughs> it's a dark chocolate meditation. But I guess if you want to do it with kids, you could do it with regular chocolate. This might be. Most kids don't like dark chocolate. Yeah. But, um, and dark chocolate has something in it that's it has that little extra serotonin oh, yeah. to it. Um, so what you do is you take a tiny, small piece of dark chocolate, and you put it in your mouth, and don't chew, and you let it melt. And every time your busy, chattering monkey mind starts to go off to like, you know, this worry, this fear, this obsession, think chocolate, think chocolate. And you just, you have to focus only on the taste of chocolate until that little chunk of chocolate melts in your mouth. 
And so then, cool. Right? And it's, it, it works because it's functioning the same way, you know, like the yogi type thing of staring at a candle flame. Yeah. But this is a lot more fun than staring yeah. at a candle flame, you know, <laughs> yeah. concentrating on the chocolate. But I do say in the book that you should only do like one a day. You can't like yeah, do exactly. 30 yeah. chocolate meditation. <laughs> No, that's great. I think, I mean, uh, I'm right there with you. It's just, you know, at the end of the day, we're just getting, you know, talked about it already, but single pointed focus, right? That's, that's yeah. the goal here. And, um, you know, that monkey mind is so chaotic. There's so much going on and we're just shifting back to that single pointed focus and it's a daily practice and it doesn't matter how advanced of a meditator you are or whatever. It's just, that's what everybody's doing at the end of the day is that simple technique of just really focusing and concentrating the mind on that one thing. And we yeah. all love chocolate. So what better way to just focus on that? I love that idea. That's great. I would have, I've honestly never thought about any other, um, like sense, any other sense, um, besides like visualizations and stuff. I haven't thought about like using your mouth or anything like that. I have a bunch of them. That's great. I love that. Can I tell you another fun one? Yeah, please do. And you have a young kid. Now your kid is very young, but yeah. as they grow older, this is a fun one for kids too, because it forces you to focus. There's something called emberries. Have you ever heard of emberries? I have not. No. Oh my God. This is so cool. Uh -huh. Um, I really should reach out to the Embury people. <laughs> yeah. You're listening, people. <laughs> now, what it is, is these little buries, we found them, uh, we read about this online, it's, kids love this, right? And it's a real berry, it's like a real berry, but they manufacture them particularly for like parties, they have Embury parties, right? Okay. And it's made from some, a mold, like I forgot what it's really, I just know them as Embury's. So you take the little tablet, really little, mm -hmm. and you put it in your mouth, and you just like let it melt, but that's not the meditation part. And, um, and then whatever you eat after that, the taste changes. So you have lemon and it tastes like cotton candy. You have, you uh, could, I get it. it warns you, you could eat pepper and it tastes really sweet, like a hot pepper. You could have, um, or whatever you eat, it's sweet. Like you have a strawberry and it tastes like, like strawberry pie. <laughs> and it allows you to want to focus on your taste because you're also curious. And when you're doing this, you're like really in the moment of that. So it's a fun one to do with kids. And, um, and then, see, I think all of these work, as I said before, like kind of like training wheels because you're teaching your mind to be the master of, of your thoughts. And if you could do, once you start doing the chocolate meditation, you're like, oh, I get it. And then you could apply the one-pointed focus to anything. You could apply it to a pencil, you know, after a while. But this is a way to bring you in because it's so fun. I mean, I yeah, I agree. I, I would say follow whatever that is. You know what I mean? For right. people that are into chocolate, go for the chocolate. It's just, you have to use that passion, that desire system for that, you know, uh, pathway, that technique, whatever you're into. For me, uh, for, I'm a very patient person. I can sit down and meditate for hours and hours and hours. It wasn't that way in the beginning. I'm just saying that's like my personality, right? Because right. that's my, uh, you know, stillness that I want to achieve. It's just other oh. people might want to just do a walking meditation and, and do some chanting yeah. or do some yeah. deeds, you know? So it's really just a matter of using whatever works for you. And that's great. I love the idea with the kids too, because the sooner we get, you know, the kids going, the easier it is just over exactly. time. And I was... And you later say to them, you know what you did with the Embury where you only yeah. focused on this, yeah. do that with 
like like I said, the pencil with the candle flame with the blah blah blah. You teach, and they're like, oh, what I did there, I can also do here. Yes. And they're you're teaching them how to master their minds a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And I think the goal, I mean, it's just creating less reactivity, right? Um, a lot of people, I think, are just kind of stuck in not getting these results. Like they're expecting some like kundalini, like white beam of lightning or whatever to just strike their forehead, you know. And yeah. for me, it's like those, uh, you know, uh, arg arguments with romantic partners or uh, emotional whatever that we get into almost every day, whether it could be small or, or bigger. Mm. Meditation is what creates that space, right, where you're not yeah. so reactive. And I think I'm just right. thinking about kids that are just hyperactive and you know, like I said, we all have this in us. It's just a matter of balancing it. So, you know, a, a kid that has that steady meditation practice or the idea with it can, you know, further create that space and not be so hyper reactive. Same right. with same with adults. It's like you're saying earlier, there's not much difference. <laughs> we all have this, uh, you know, tendency to just get angry very quickly or just get reactive to life. And meditation kind of creates that space where you can, you know, always get out of that monkey brain and give yourself even just a half a second to, reevaluate re that situation and that could save you in the long run i know mean, it has for me yeah. many times <laughs> yes yes <laughs> well cool any other um, tidbits in your book that you want to talk about oh gosh so many i have the book here yeah go ahead yeah we got the visual for those of you guys on the screen you can check it out that looks beautiful i love the cover i love design yeah different um the art, i didn't do the artwork but i did help to design it so it's very um i'm not opening up to the right pages but it's very you can it see it's beautiful. Right? It beautiful yeah very artistic i love what you did with the, the pages for everybody listening you can watch this online on youtube but there's a lot of good visuals here and i like how you just broke it up too with the senses a lot of people um like i said earlier just need some sort of uh, format for this i think people mm. know meditation is useful for them i think we're kind of over that hump it's just people yeah. are still like searching for that technique whatever works for them you know, yeah. there's, there's a lot of apps out there. There's all this stuff. It's like, we don't need to talk about why meditation works. It's just using whatever vehicle, again, that works for you and just own right. that. Just own it. Like, just do it, you know? A yeah. lot of people are just kind of stuck right there on the edge. I, at least that's what I come up with a lot when I do, you know, coaching or people are just talking about meditation in general. People are like, well, I don't have the time or I don't do that. It's like, well, you just talked to, we just gave you like five, two minute, you know, <laughs> techniques right here just in this show alone. So uh, a simple book, a simple thing is that, you know, can really add value just over time to your mm. daily practice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing what you do. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. How else can people find you? Do you have a website or any other? Oh, I got it all. Yeah, um, let's, let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> well, my name is Karen Salmonson. Everybody maggles my last name. They always go Salmonson. So <laughs> I'm always going, not Salmon, not Salmon. So I yeah. make it easy. You can find me. My website is notsalmon.com. Perfect. And, yeah, and Instagram not salmon, Facebook not salmon, Pinterest not salmon. You get the, you get yeah. I love that. I had the same thing uh, with a business that I ran. I did a uh, a raw nut butter business, and it was conscious living foods, and people, uh -huh. people couldn't spell the conscious, and the website we got like no. I just didn't get oh, it. So. Farmer's Market was good, but it's just funny. Like, I learned a lot about business just from spelling on how people, you're right. And it's just something simple as that. So I can relate big time. <laughs> That's funny. 
I sometimes think twice before spelling conscious. I'm very conscious of how I spell conscious. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I just didn't think about it when I was, you know, making the business. Like, you don't think about it from that perspective. You're just excited about what you do. Right. You're right. not thinking about it from that other, you know, end. So right. I totally get it. Well, cool. Yeah, this year will be live soon. People are going to, you know, find you. You can check out the book. It's available on Amazon, everywhere. You can... Everywhere yeah. uh, bookstores are sold. And Perfect. my website, you know, everything. So yes. Awesome. Well, thank you again for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And thank you. Yeah. Blessings. Alrighty. Bye.